episode of oh shoot welcome welcome happy monday if you're listening on monday if you're listening on a different day happy whatever day it is i'm so glad that you're here and that you're listening i am so excited to do today's episode we are doing an advice column today and i'm just i'm really excited to go through some of your guys' submissions it's really I don't know. It's just kind of helpful for me to hear the things that you guys are going through. And just like, I just want to, you know, connect with you guys. And I feel like the advice column, I really am just hearing everything that you guys are going through. And yeah, it's actually really cool just to see that like there's real people listening to my podcast. So yeah, I'm so excited. Um, I guess I never said this on the podcast before, but, um, a couple weeks ago, the podcast hit 1 million downloads. So that's very, very exciting. That means like over the lifetime of my podcast, um, I've had a million plus downloads at this point. So yeah, thank you guys so much for a million downloads and I'm shooting for 2 million now. Like we are not done at 1 million. We're going to keep going. So I have a few life updates for you guys before we get into your advice submissions. Um, so the first thing is, this isn't even a life update. Literally, it's just something that's been annoying me. Just this morning, I have been getting like a million spam calls, like a million is an exaggeration. I would say 20. Like I've been setting up for this podcast for like maybe 20 minutes and literally every single minute. I've gotten a spam call. So I don't know what's happening. Someone maybe sold my phone number, but if you did sell my phone number, we're not friends anymore. <laughs> so a few other things. I, this past week, did a live webinar with Jai Long, which Jai has been on my podcast before. He was like on, uh, at this point, I don't even know the episode number, but um, it was a little while ago he was on the podcast. So we did a joint webinar that was super fun. Um, yeah, literally I haven't done a webinar in a while. So honestly, beforehand, I was kind of getting nervous. I, although I post online all the time, like I still get nervous for like those live things because it's like, I don't know. You just can't control it sometimes, you know, it's live. So I was a little nervous, but it went really well. Um, the other thing I want to tell you guys is my new presets are coming out to Morrow. Very exciting. I am so excited for this pack because it's like, it's definitely a pack that I've, I've never like done presets like this before. They're, they're kind of more, um, they're definitely more film inspired. So like, I really wanted there to be like a lot of greens in the shadows and like, grain and kind of like haze and you know the highlights a little higher like I wanted it to feel like right when you put on the preset that it's like instantly kind of a film photo and I've been using this preset for the past 
like six months at this point on like all my photos, including like my client work and stuff. So I just like love the way that it looks. It's like true to color. Yeah. It's just very creamy and it's actually called creamy dreamy are the presets. Um, and like, I really feel like the skin tone and everything is just so creamy and dreamy. It's yeah, I, I literally love it. It's so different than my other two preset packs, but at the same time, like I can intertwine the packs and use them. Like, like I can use matcha glow on one gallery and then creamy dreamy. And I don't really feel like, and then honey boba, I don't feel like it really is like that big of a drastic difference to where my clients are going to really notice. But I just feel like it kind of, they're just like different vibes, the different packs that I have. So that's tomorrow. My sister is getting married on Saturday. So this week is wedding prep week. We are, I, who even knows if I'm going to be working this week. I'm probably just going to be like doing things to prep for the wedding this week. Um, so a lot of you were asking, like, am I shooting the wedding? And um, I'm actually not shooting the actual wedding, but I, I'm shooting a little bit. So basically when my sister was figuring out a photographer, I just told her, like, you pick whoever you want. If you want to pick me, that's fine. If you feel like you like a different style, like literally I will not be offended. Um, and she ended up being like, I want to work with you because you're literally my sister. She also said she's never like done photos with anyone else and she really likes how I do photos so like why would she change so I was like okay that's that's fair so basically I have an associate for her wedding and I think the associate's there for eight hours associate's like one of my good friends and then I am doing like the beginning and like the tail end because she like she needs a little bit more coverage than eight hours but in their budget like they couldn't swing it to have the associate stay for longer so I'm doing like a little bit of getting ready and then I'm doing a little bit of sunset photos and the exit as well so yeah I definitely am still gonna get my photography in there but I'm still editing all of our photos and whatnot um and then after my sister's wedding the next wedding I have is literally in Cabo which is insane to me I actually was just messaging this bride like before hopping on this podcast um, and it's just so crazy because it's like I've never been to Cabo and like we she's been planning this for a while. <laughs> I almost said we as if I'm planning this wedding. But yeah, it's just so crazy. And I'm so excited. May for me is like travel, 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 travel. Like literally, if I pulled up my calendar, you all would be so stressed for me. So um, yeah, that's that's something kind of exciting. Um, I do have pretty big life event in the works. I'm not going to tell you guys about it yet because it's not like official and still working on it. So, um, yeah, when that happens, stay tuned. There's, there's something in the works. That's all I'm going to say. If I say anything else, I'm literally going to give it away. Um, the other thing I'm just, I've got a list today, <laughs> guys. <laughs> if you were hoping to get right into the episode, sorry, it's not going to happen. The other thing I want to tell you guys is I am working on a new hoodie for my merch collection because I literally love hoodies. And with my latest hoodie, which is like the, the let's go take photos hoodie, I love it. But I'm like, I want more hoodies. Like, so I release it in a different color, but I'm like, 
I want a different design. Like I want different hoodies. So that's what we're working on. And, um, I have my final samples are being sent to me this week and then it's going to launch very soon. I would say probably sometime in May is when my new hoodies are going to come out. Um, and I literally cannot wait to wear them. I was wearing one of them over this past weekend at the bachelorette party for my sister and everyone like stopped and commented on it and they were like, Oh my gosh, it's so cute. And like, it's so comfy. I use like the same hoodie, like the same, uh, it's like the actual same hoodie as the let's go take photos hoodie, because I literally love the quality of that hoodie. The quality is like insane. So I'm using that same hoodie, but it's just like different colors for this new hoodie. Um, so yeah, that's, that is a exciting thing. Very last thing I want to tell you guys, um, for those of you who care, I've been doing no heat April on my hair, which it's exactly what it sounds like. I'm just not applying heat to my hair. So if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it's literally in like a pulled back ponytail with a braid. I would be lying if I said that no heat April is kind of killing me. It's really stretching me emotionally because I really like to do my hair and I'm just like trying to learn different ways to do my hair without like frying it basically. So yeah, it's kind of killing me and natural curly hair is really hard to work with, at least for me, like day one is cute, but then all the days after that, I feel like my hair just looks like a frizzy mess. So I'm still trying to figure out how to get it to work and to get it to look good and all of that. Okay. That is it for my life updates. So we are going to get into the episode, which is an advice column. I had a lot of submissions, so I'm basically just going to I'm just going to try to get through as many as we can while still like giving you guys like obviously good answers. Okay. Here is the first one. There is a local photographer in my area. We both started our businesses around the same time. At first she was super friendly commenting on all my posts, business and personal. Well, I was booking way more than she was because people in the area just know me. She started asking me about location, so I gave her one of the most popular places I shoot at because it's really not that hard to figure out. I started noticing she was copying everything from location to poses to literally some of the same captions. If I posted a mini session, she was right there behind me posting hers. She at one point even asked about the current presets that I use. I didn't answer the DM. How do you get someone to stop copying you? Even if I post a poll on my story, she still copies me. I like to get clients input on ideas, you know, if they want a mini session or whatever. There was a point where if I posted on my story that I had a session, she would stalk my account to see who and where I was shooting at. One time I even bumped into her at a session. Wow. Okay. That's a lot. Um, I guess your question is, how do you get someone to stop copying you? Honestly, I don't really know if you can get someone to stop copying you. Um, I'm not trying to disc discredit everything you said, because I'm sure that the similarities are very hard to ignore. But I do feel like sometimes if you notice like one thing, you're like, oh, like this is very similar to mine. Then you're going to start noticing a million things. It's like, you know, you buy a 
white SUV and then all of a sudden all you notice on the road are white SUVs it's like that um it's like a psychological thing um so potentially it could be that however personally I don't think it is I do it does very much sound like this person is copying you so um how do you get someone to stop copying you I don't really think you can do anything about that other than potentially monitoring their ability to consume your content and get in contact with you and like see what you're doing. So um, that would be removing them as a follower or blocking them. If you really feel like you need them to stop copying you. However, I'm just going to say like, you cannot run a business off of copying someone like there is going to come a point where you cannot copy your way through having a successful business. Like it's, that's literally all I can think of is like your business is not going to succeed if you are copying someone on every single thing that you do. Like your business is not original. It's not yours. Like people are going to be able to tell that you're not being authentic. Um, so you could just let it play out because I really like it's, also very clear you said that you're booking more than they are so um this could be like a jealousy thing you like are already succeeding more than this person because you are doing things your own way um so you have a few options you can try to cut off communication and like cut off their ability to see what you're doing so that's like blocking removing them as a follower you can just put your blinders up and literally just like forget about what they're doing. Maybe you unfollow them if it really bugs you that much, but like, just don't worry about them anymore. Like, don't look at their stuff. Don't like literally like eyes straight ahead because what you're doing is working and like, don't worry about this other person who it's just a distraction, right? Like it's not gonna, by you entertaining this whole thing of like, they're copying me, whatever. Like, Yes, you need to be a little concerned, but like at the end of the day, like it's just taking up more of your energy. And honestly, in my opinion, it's not worth your energy. Like don't put your energy towards that. Okay. Wow. We're getting deep right away. (laughs) Okay. Next one. I'm really nervous. Not too long ago, I started taking pictures and not too long ago, I started a small business. I have my very first wedding to shoot and I feel like I'm not good enough. I want to tell them no, but I don't know what to do. I feel like the gear I have isn't right. Help. So this could be a very common case of just like imposter syndrome. Um, If you feel like you're not good enough to take photos, like a lot of the times it's like literally you feel like an imposter. Sometimes I feel like that too. I'm like, I do not feel like I have enough experience to be doing X, Y, and Z. Like, I just, I don't feel like I'm, you know, I still feel like an imposter. Um, So I think the hardest thing to get over when it comes to imposter syndrome is when you are first starting a business, those thoughts are like very, very relevant. And they, they could be a little bit accurate, but I think at the end of the day, it's all about your skill level and your confidence, in my opinion. Um, so if you feel like you have the ability to change your settings and you feel like you like that's something you feel very comfortable with, you are comfortable going in and out of different lighting. So like dark, dark, like ambient lighting to like outside, whatever. Um, if you feel comfortable, like using a flash, um, and posing, 
I would say like those are the main things you need to feel comfortable with when you start shooting weddings. Um, if you feel like your gear isn't right, like if you're just feeling like I don't feel like I'm ready for this, maybe you start with like second shooting or assisting or something like that. Um, because I, I would hate for you to go and shoot your first wedding and it be an absolute disaster and you hate it. And then you never want to shoot weddings again. Um, because maybe you're the type of person that kind of needs to ease into it and you can't just be thrown into it. This is a situation where it sounds like you would be thrown into it. Um, so maybe you can be like, Hey, like I'd love to refer you to this person and I will like second shoot for them or whatever. Um, you know, that could be a really good option for you. Cause then you're still there and getting experience, but you're not like, you know, the main photographer, there's less pressure. So you can kind of ease into that wedding day. Next, the next submission. Okay. How do you price yourself as a beginner? How do you set up packages? So pricing yourself as a beginner is tricky because you don't even know where to start. You don't even know like what base to charge at basically. Um, So my best advice would be to price your sessions at what it's worth for you to, you know, do a session. So price it at a point to where you feel like it's going to be worth it for you to go and shoot a session. Um, so for some people, like $100 is worth it. For some people, it's more like $500. Um, kind of figure out like where you'd feel comfortable with. Also think about how long it takes you to edit too. And like, you know, if that takes you a while, factor that into, you know, kind of an hourly thing. So let's say like um, right now you're a beginner. You're like eh, $25 an hour, like sounds good. So, okay. It takes you two hours for the shoot. That's $50. And then it takes you three hours to edit. So that is, what did I say? That's $75. So that ends up being around $125. You can literally just start there. $125. Um, you know, just tell people like my package right now is just like a basic, like two, a two hour package. And it's this much. I feel like a lot of the times, as a beginner, like you kind of overcomplicate things and you feel like you need 12 packages and like you need to offer weddings and portraits and, um, boudoir and families. And like, you need to have like all these different and travel. Like you just, it, it feels overwhelming. So really just start at a base hourly package or an hourly rate and then go from there. Um, the more that you can start shooting and start charging, the more you're going to realize like, okay, this was, uh, this felt a little bit like too, too little of a cost for me to be charging. So next time I'm going to up my pricing, um, you kind of can also gauge it based on your demand. So if you are charging $50 per session and you're having people book you every single week and you have a million sessions, that's a sign that you need to bump up those prices. Another good idea is to just kind of look in your area and see, Um, If you already know how much people in your area charge, that's great. Like that's kind of what I'm getting at. Just do a little bit of market research and see what photographers in your area are charging. I would say look at really experienced photographers, but also look at people who are a little bit more intermediate novice, like maybe don't have as much experience. Look at those price ranges, just take some notes and then build your price from there. If your prices are lower than the competitor, you are going to get booked more. However, that might not, those clients might not be the clients that are going to value you because they're just going for a cheaper deal. So 
yeah, that's, that's where I would start. Um, literally if you can just get like one or two portrait packages in place, that's going to be the best place for you to start for sure. All right. The next question I'm assuming comes from someone that's in Michigan because they said, do you need to do sales tax in Michigan? Um, I'll just give you short and sweet answer. Um, if you're a photographer that is just selling digital, digital products, so you're just delivering photos digitally, um, you're not selling anything physically. No, you do not need to charge sales tax. Sales tax is only for physical products. So the only time that I have needed to charge sales tax my entire career has been with my merch because that is a physical product. Besides that, everything else that I've done, no sales tax. All right. I'd love advice for shooting weddings in a low light venue. I have a wedding in a church that is pretty dark and I'd love advice on how to keep the quality of the photos. This is a very, very real problem. So if you're in a low light scenario, I always try to shoot on ambient light first and like just try to work with the light that I have first. Um, so if you're like in a low light church, see how high your ISO can go. So obviously you need to know what is your ISO limit to where you feel comfortable. So for me, it's like around a thousand or 1250 past that point. I'm like, okay, maybe I should use a flash. So if you're at like, let's say your limit is 1250, you're at ISO 1250 and you're just like, uh, these are still a little dark, whatever. Then I would recommend pulling out a flash and using a flash. Um, it does get really complicated when you're shooting a ceremony with the flash because sometimes flashes are temperamental and a ceremony is like a one-time thing. So like it's, you really don't want to mess up the ceremony shots. Um, so definitely like get there ahead of time in like a low light venue, get there ahead of time, test out your flash, see what looks good. I would definitely recommend bouncing your flash off the ceiling or using a white card or something like that. Um, and another thing to keep in mind is some directions that you shoot are going to have better lighting than other directions. So you might be shooting, you know, the bride coming down the aisle and that might be bad lighting, but then you're shooting up towards like where the ceremony is and like the whole like stage area and the lighting is much better. So kind of keep that in mind and just kind of take note of like the different areas that are good lighting and bad lighting and where you might need your flash and don't need your flash. In order to maintain quality though, you're going to want to make sure you don't bump your ISO too high and use your flash if you do need to. Um, remember that like a low aperture is also going to help you open up a little bit of your lens and let more light in. So if you normally shoot at like f2.8, maybe try shooting at like f2 or 1.8 in order to let more light in so that you can have better quality images. Um, really the only solution besides bumping up your ISO is using a flash. So best of luck to you. And remember, it's not your fault that it's dark. Okay. That is not your fault. So if you feel like oh, these photos suck, like literally even my flash isn't giving me enough light, that decision to have that lighting was not your choice. So like if the client gets mad at you for the photos not being like perfectly lit, remember like that is not your fault. Okay. Moving on. <laughs> Cause I could say that is not your fault for literally like every single one of these submissions. All right. The next one. I'm a wedding photographer who's wor working a full-time nine to five job. I'm struggling with knowing when to quit my job. 
this summer I have 14 weddings. Wedding season hasn't even started yet and I'm burnt out from working all the time. Oh no. Any advice on how to leave a full-time job or how to increase prices to reach the profit level I would need to leave my job? Yeah. So if you're booking 14 weddings, um, but it sounds like your price isn't quite high enough to actually like leave your job yet. Um, right now it sounds like you are kind of in the hustle phase. Like you are on the grind, you're getting experience. So then eventually you can charge what you need to charge to leave your job. Um, if you're feeling burnout already, I would say get systems in place so that you have minimal work to do. So systems as in email automations, email templates, um, you know, maybe you outsource your editing. If you feel like that, that it's too much for you, maybe you outsource one wedding, um, a month or something, you know, you have 14 weddings. Let's say you outsource eight of them. Like if it really is burning you out, do what you can to avoid burnout. So outsource, that's really the only option because at the moment, like you can't, you can't decline the weddings that you currently have booked. You don't do that. And you also probably shouldn't quit your job right now either. Um, however, after this year, after your 14 weddings, I definitely would recommend bumping, bumping those prices up, working a slow season. So you're going to, at the end of your 14 weddings, you're going to hit slow season where you don't book as many weddings until the summer again. During that slow season, work your full-time job. See if you can raise your prices up and book enough weddings for the next year to the point where maybe you can book a full-time job or quit your full-time job. Sorry. I do want you to remember that you really, you're not seeing your business at its full potential right now because you are working a full-time job on top of doing a wedding photography business. You are not putting your full time and energy into your wedding business. You are splitting time and energy with your full-time job. So when you are able to quit, you are going to see you're going to have way more time for marketing and working on different areas of your business, editing, you know, shooting, whatever, like you're going to have more time for that stuff. So you are going to see your business flourish, flourish, flourish. I think it's flourish. You're going to see your business just grow more, but you literally aren't going to be able to know like what that looks like until you quit your job, which is really hard. Something else you could try doing is like, try transitioning to like part-time at your full-time job. So maybe you do like, if you're doing 40 hours, transitioning to 20 hours or something like that. But right now it feels like you kind of need to just stick it out for the 14 weddings, work that slow season at your full-time job. But during slow season, bump up your prices, use your 14 weddings for the summer to really transform your portfolio to the point where you are able to charge more. So let's say you're charging 2000 for a wedding right now. Like you can bump your prices up to like 13, 13, <laughs> 3,500, um, or something like that, you know, after you get all this experience at all these different venues. So that's what I would say. It's really tough though. So best of luck to you. I'm excited for you though. If you're, if you're booking 14 weddings, like I feel like you're at a point where a lot of photographers have been where you're at and they've just made the jump and quit and like they've totally thrived. So 
honestly, sometimes you do have to make a jump too. I personally don't always recommend just jumping into full-time wedding photography, but sometimes it's the push you need, you know? Okay. The next submission says, I would love to do newborn photography, but I have no idea what I need to know about that and how to start with newborn photography. Do I need a course? What, what should I do? So I, with this question, it really applies to any niche. So not just newborns, but you know, couples, weddings, seniors, lifestyle, boudoir, you name it, like all of the different niches of photography. The one thing I would recommend if you want to transition to a different niche is you need experience. You need something in your portfolio to be like, I have done this. So for this person who wants to become a newborn photographer, you are going to need to photograph a newborn probably for free, probably for a friend or someone that you know that just had a baby. So I would recommend finding someone that has a newborn. If you know someone, um, you know, or, or if you know someone that knows someone like people love getting free photo shoots. Like if someone, if I just had a baby and someone was like, Hey, I'm getting, I need experience. Can I take photos of your baby for experience? I would be like, yeah, if I get the photos, absolutely. Like it's a free photo shoot for me. So that's probably what I would recommend doing. Start by getting the experience and then go from there. Okay. Get the experience and then you can start advertising and pushing it. Um, yeah, besides that, like, I don't really think you need a course about like newborn photography or, you know, brand photography or whatever. The best thing you can do is get experience, make connections and go from there. Kind of utilize word of mouth. The next submission says, I love you, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. I love you too. Your posts and teaching have helped me grow so much. I'm really having trouble booking clients. I have been able to reach out to friends and get them to model for me, but I don't have people asking me to take photos for them. I guess I would be asking for advice on how to advertise and gain followers slash clients. Thank you so much. Um, So I just want to address the thing you said at the end about gaining followers slash clients. Remember that followers does not equal clients. Okay. Like having followers does not equal like bookings. Okay. Like just cause you have, if you have a million followers, that does not mean you're going to have a million clients. Like you, people that have, you know, 300 followers still can book just as much as someone that has 10 K followers. So I think when it comes to, okay, so you're asking advice for just gaining clients. I think a big thing is making yourself unique and creating like spaces where literally you are the only competition. So you're not competing against other people. Like you are the only person that exists. So for example, like you on your social media, you have like a very unique opportunity on social media right now to make your page unique and like different than what everyone else is doing. You don't have to necessarily reinvent the wheel, but like you can take common things that photographers do on social media and add a unique spin to them to create like a unique space for yourself. Also remember when someone goes on social media and finds you like you, your page is the only thing that they're seeing. It's not like they're seeing this person and this person, this person at the same time, when they click on your profile, like you are the only person that they're seeing. So 
create a unique space for yourself. Um, I would also say like when I first started photography, I was not really booking from social media. That was not like, that's not like step one. That's like step four. I started booking a ton from social media, literally like after doing like multiple steps in marketing. So I really started with friends, family, word of mouth. Um, that's how I got literally all of my first five weddings were friends, friends of friends, family members, whoever. So I would start with the people, you know, it sounds like you've already reached out to friends and asked them to model for you. Um, keep doing that. Literally. It's going to be a while before strangers just start reaching out to you. You know, you, you need to start with your circle of people that, you know, and just really start building your portfolio that way. Um, and then, you know, as you get more experience, get more photos in your portfolio, then go start post on posting on Instagram and creating a website and stuff. Then you're going to start to get strangers reaching out to you. But right now in your beginning stages, I really don't feel like just going on social media and just trying to get a bunch of strangers to book with you is going to be the most effective thing in the world. Um, so that would be my advice for you. This next person said, I just moved across the country because my husband is in the military and I basically have to start my business from scratch. I've been doing this for four plus years in a small hometown and now I'm in a bigger town and I don't know where to start. Any advice? Yeah, that's really tricky. This kind of would go kind of the same as the last submission. Build your portfolio and work on word of mouth is what I would do. Um, if you don't really know anyone though, you have to put yourself in opportunities where you're going to get to meet people. So you need to put yourself out there. Um, you know, I would recommend probably splitting your time half and half between social media and making like Instagram friends with local people. And then also like going out and doing, doing things that are going to help you meet people. Um, so like, um, I don't know, like, photographer meetups or, um, I don't know, like different community groups. Maybe you join a Pilates class or something, just an opportunity for you to meet people that are local. Um, maybe you go around to all your neighbors and say, hi, you know, stuff like that. So that's what I would recommend doing. And then I also would obviously recommend pushing yourself on social media because you have experience already. Um, you just need to work on the small little SEO things, you know, change your, Instagram name, let's say you moved from New York to Michigan, change your name from New York wedding photographer to Michigan wedding photographer, start using New York hash or Michigan hashtags. Um, you know, maybe you start posting and like you are talking about different venues you want to shoot at, or you go around to different venues and you literally ask them, Hey, can I take photos of your venue for free? Like I'm new here. Like I just want to get to know people. I guarantee like you're probably not going to get turned away if you start offering like photos for people. You know what I mean? So get creative. You really have to work for it. You need to work hard, but it's going to pay off. And then you can, you know, just kind of chill after that. But yeah, kind of put in the work, get to know people locally as many different ways as you can. Instagram, in person, you know, ven vendors, venues, small businesses, stuff like that. So the next submission says how to pose, think on your feet and be direct. It's not in my nature to be the boss and tell people what to do. How do I improve on this? I cannot relate to a submission more 
this was literally me when I first started photography. I am like not the type of person to like boss you around and be like, you do this, you do this. Like I am very much an introvert. So I really feel this. Um, I think you kind of just have to remember, like you actually are in charge. Like that is why someone hired you. Um, and you have a very big responsibility to tell people what to do. That is your responsibility. So you kind of have to put aside like the, this is not how I normally am type of thing. And just jump into the shoes of like, I am going to direct people. And the reason that it really like, it became a thing that I started being comfortable with was because I realized my photos are not going to turn out as good if I am not directing specifically with like bridal party, family photos, like that type of stuff. If I'm not telling people what to do, they don't know what to do. Therefore, my photos are not going to turn out as good. Therefore, I'm going to like, like I'm not reaching my full potential with these shoots that I'm doing. So I think it's more of a mindset thing more than anything. Um, when you do freeze up and let's say you like forget a pose or something like don't be afraid to just like redo a pose. And like, while you're shooting that you're thinking of another pose or something like, don't be afraid to, or just literally be like, Hey, I just need a minute. Like let's take five. Like, don't be afraid to do that. Okay. The next, the next, um, submission is very similar. It just says advice on posing awkward clients. Um, I do have like a whole podcast episode on posing awkward clients. So you got, you'll have to scroll back a little bit, but I'm sure if you're like in Apple podcasts or Spotify or something, you could probably Google or not Google, but like search, Oh shoot, awkward clients or something. And it'll pop up. But my biggest piece of advice, I'll just give you one is, um, to start with like movement and just things that are natural. So I usually always start with like walking with clients that are a little bit awkward. And then once we get into walking, I start to do like a few different poses and I start to notice what ones look really natural and what ones like they are noticeably more comfortable with. And then I really start to like think of variations of those poses that they're comfortable with. So you kind of have to cater in your head to the poses that are working well. And like, let's say you normally do like these five poses, then these five poses. Well, for someone that's a little bit more awkward in front of the camera, you might do one pose, two pose, and then you realize, oh, they're better at pose number one. So we're going to do pose number one again, little variation. We're going to do like, you know, walking, but we're going to do a little bit more pushing and pull. And then we're going to do, instead we'll do like running and like little hops and whatever. Um, and then we'll do walking with some spins, you know, you kind of have to get creative with different things that, that they're comfortable with and making variations of it. But if you want to listen to like a full episode of me ranting on that, um, that is something that's already been done. So go listen to it. So the next submission, I'd love to learn from you how to reignite creativity and passion in my photography. Sometimes I get so behind on editing and the business aspect of photography that I don't make time to be creative or shoot for myself. Yeah, that that's a real thing. Um, so I would say like, it sounds like you already kind of know the answer, but you have to allow yourself time to do things besides work on your business and shooting and editing. You have to give yourself time to um, try something new in your photography or um, go out and shoot something you've always wanted to shoot or put together a shoot where it's like, 
there's no pressure. Like you are just delivering the photos to models and that's it. There's no paid pressure there. Um, so I would just encourage you to sit down and write out a few things that you've always wanted to do creatively. Um, maybe you've always wanted to shoot like with a backdrop or you've always wanted to shoot at this location or, um, with this specific outfit, whatever it is, like just find some fun ideas. Maybe you start on Pinterest and just pin some things that look fun or interesting to you and then just go and shoot them. You have to set time for those things though. Otherwise you're going to be like, I have no time to be creative. Like if you you do not prioritize it, it's not going to happen. That's how it is with anything in life. If you are not prioritizing your friendships, like your friendships are going to dwindle. If you're not prioritizing, um, I don't know, like one-on-one time with your spouse, like that's not going to happen. Like these things are not just going to like happen naturally. Like it's not just going to happen that like one day you walk by a beautiful shoot and you can just start shooting it, you know? You're going to need to put a little bit of time and effort into it, but it's going to be so worth it. The next submission says, I would love to know what the best gallery delivery services are and why. I'm currently just using Google Drive, but business is slow right now and um, it's picking up. (laughs) Okay, business is slow right now, but it's slowly picking up and I would love advice for better gallery options. So Google Drive and Dropbox and things like that. It's great if you're just like starting out on a budget, you know, that that's kind of what you have to do. But if you want to really give the professional photographer vibe, you you 100% need a gallery delivery service. Um, so the two I recommend is PickTime and Pixie Set. I currently use PickTime. I love it. Pixie Set, a lot of people say it's like basically the exact same thing. They just have different names. Um, you know, like they offer the same thing. Um, so do your research on either one of those. They're both really great, both very client user friendly. First off, hi, I love your podcast so much. I started my photography business eight months ago and this year I've booked four weddings. I have two the next month and I'm nervous. What are some things you wish you knew your first year? That's a really good question. Um, I really wish I knew the importance of organization and systems because I didn't realize how much time it could free up for me. So um, I've already mentioned it in this episode alone, but like automations and um, like a client management software that organizes your calendar and like all of that. So I use HoneyBook is what I use. Um, There's other softwares out there too. That's something I really wish I would have known my first year. Um, Let's see, what's something else? I, I wish I would have prioritized a little bit more like customer service client experience my first year, because your first year is when you really like, most likely you're just booking from word of mouth anyway. Like you're just booking for people that know you. It's kind of rare that you're just going to start off your business right away and just start booking from social media. Um, and because of that, I really wish I would have prioritized giving my clients the best experience ever right away because that would have snowballed effect into more bookings right away. So prioritize client experience. Um, you know, maybe you're creating guides for your current clients or, um, you're sending client gifts, stuff like that. Those are some things that I wish I would have done during my first year, but I didn't. 
So learn from me. <laughs> okay. Breaking into the wedding business. I've never done second shooting. Oh, wait. <laughs> Just kidding. I've done second shooting and lots of lifestyle sessions. I'm ready to take the next step and jump into the wedding world for myself. Um, congrats. Cool. Go literally go do it. I don't actually know. Is there like advice in this? Like, do I have any advice to give? I guess like you're ready to take the next step and jump into weddings. Like, that's great. Like you do that. Oh, you know what? Maybe this is connected to the first, the one that I just did. No, it's not. No, it's not. Um, okay. So you've done second shooting lifestyle. You're ready to jump into weddings. Cool. Like literally, how do you break into the wedding business? I think everyone breaks in differently. Some people just break down that door and just start shooting weddings. Other people, it takes them a little while. Um, you have second shot, which means you have photos in your portfolio. There really should be nothing holding you back from getting into weddings at this point. If you've shot a wedding before, you know how it works. Um, start advertising it. I would say like, if you don't tell people I'm booking weddings, I shoot weddings, you are not going to book weddings. So post about it. Um, maybe you post about it on your personal socials. You can go around and literally tell people, Hey, I'm shooting weddings right now. Do you know anyone getting married that needs a photographer? Um, stuff like that. You have photos in your portfolio, go and market the heck out of yourself. This next person says, I want to be able to create my own preset, but I don't know where to start. What elements should be in a preset? Exposure, contrast, highlights, color grading. Thank you for your help. So you want to create a preset. I may or may not be a person who creates presets because I'm literally launching my presets tomorrow. So what elements should be in a preset? Well, in my opinion, I think that almost every single area in Lightroom should be touched when you are creating a preset. So the exposure section, all the tone curves, HSL, so saturation, luminance, um, hue, color grading, definitely calibration all the way at the bottom. Um, let's see what else is there. I mean, those are like the main areas that I feel like really affect a preset. Um, and when you're creating a preset, you have to think of it in two different chunks. First, you start with exposure. So you kind of figure out like contrast and like, you know, just like how you want the exposure to look. And then you're going to go in and get the colors perfect. So exposure is going to be exposure section, obviously the tone curve, but just the exposure tone curve. And then the colors are going to be um, the RGB tone curves. You're going to get into HSL. You're going to get into calibration, color grading, etc. Um I do think like every single area. So you said exposure, contrast, highlights. I would say when it comes to exposure, the actual physical exposure slider, don't touch that because you want to leave everything as shot when you're creating a preset. Um, you don't want to change exposure because that's something that changes like per photo. Okay. Like, does that make sense? You're not going to change white balance either because that needs to just stay as shot. So it becomes the most versatile for you to use. Okay. 
This next person says, I just found your podcast probably three days ago and I'm basically obsessed. How did you get into international photography? I'm going to Scotland in a couple of months and I would love to try and do a session while I'm there. I have family that lives there. So should I just ask one of them if they'd be down for a session? When you go on trips, do you always plan a session there? And do you start out booking trips just for sessions? Do you have a travel fee? So many questions. My bad. (laughs) That actually was a lot of questions. Um, So I got into international photography by booking. Well, I guess my first international trip for photography was someone that like booked me out there. So it wasn't I I wasn't already going there. They had their elopement plans. So that was my Ireland elopement. Um, my other shoots though, because then we went to Paris and Switzerland, those ones I had already booked. And then I did a model call on my Instagram, um, for like paid sessions. And then I got, I booked sessions in each of those spots. Um, for you, you going to Scotland, I definitely would say you have family there. Use some of your family for a shoot, but also I would say if you can do multiple shoots, ask your family if they have friends who want photos, um, do a model call on your Instagram or on, you know, Facebook groups, whatever, the more you can shoot internationally, the better, the more, um, different sessions you have, the better it is. So if you're in Scotland, I don't even know really what's in Scotland. So I'm just going to make up some landscapes. Let's say you shoot like on a cliff with like grass and stuff, and then you go and shoot, kind of like a little downtown area, you know, but that's another shoot with like a different model. Um, that's what I would recommend doing. So, um, do I always, do I always plan a session when I go on trips? No. Um, sometimes I take trips that are just personal. Um, sometimes I go places and then I'm like, Hey, book me. So that's what I did with our trip to Italy in October. I booked it and was like, we're going to be here on these dates if anyone wants to like book something with me. So I think it just kind of depends on what you want to do. I'm able to do that where I'm able to be like, here I am book with me because I have like a very large audience on social media. But for someone that doesn't have that, um, you might need to do a little bit more searching for people. You might need to, you know, go into Facebook groups or, Um, you know, maybe you message people directly on Instagram, you find some people local in the area, whatever it is. Um, okay. Do I have a travel fee? Um, for, if I'm already going to be there, no. So for like Italy, I'm already going to be there. There's no travel fee. Um, but for like my Aloma in Ireland, there was a travel fee because I was like going on my way to go there. Um, so I think that's kind of how you have to view it. Um, you also have to think like, how bad do you want the booking too? Like if you want to just get it in your portfolio, maybe you don't have a travel fee or maybe you don't have a session fee. You just have a travel fee. Um, you, it's your business. You're able to do whatever the heck you want. Okay. Any advice on project management that helps keep you organized with so much going on? What is my favorite organizational systems for managing invoices, finances, scheduling, project launches, et cetera. Um, you guys have heard it many times. HoneyBook is my management system I use. Google Calendar is linked into my HoneyBook. And so I put my personal appointments and stuff in there. So it shows up on my HoneyBook. Um, those are really the two main things that I use. Um, in Google Calendar, I have multiple calendars. So I have my um, sponsorships calendar. So if I have um, 
uh, sponsored post I need to post. That's going to show up in my Google calendar and on my HoneyBook calendar. Um, I have like my personal calendar and like you can kind of toggle those calendars on and off, which really helps me. I have like my launches calendar. It helps me see like, okay, I have this launch coming up soon. I scheduled prep for myself for these weeks. Like that's what I'm going to be doing this week. And then the next question kind of is similar to the last one. How do you create a custom inquiry form? Is there a platform that you can do it for free? Um, I don't know if you can do it for free. My custom inquiry form is through HoneyBook as well. Okay. We have two more submissions. Um, this, this person says, this is another, when should I go full time submission? I keep feeling like I could spend the hours I'm working at my real job on photography. Then I could be where I want to be. I feel like I'm growing quickly and so slow all at the same time. My thought was to make at least what I'm making at my day job, which honestly is not much more than minimum wage full time in photography before I quit to go full time in photography but I'm standing at the edge and just waiting for someone to push me. I know no one can push me except me. I just want to make a thoughtful decision, not an emotional one. Yeah. It's tricky. Like all you people that are like, should I go full time? If you are like, you said you feel like you're growing quickly, but not like quickly and slow. You're, but you feel like you could spend the hours you're working at your real job on photography. Honestly, if you already have that mindset, I would say go for it. Um, the worst that can happen is okay you go full-time and you need to get a job again after that like okay like then go get a job like if you feel like it's just not working go get a job um there is a point though where it's like like I literally said earlier there is a hustle period and a grind period you might be in it you might be almost past it um if you feel like you've been doing this for a while you've been grinding for a while um, you know, then go full time. I really feel like when you go full time though, like it has to be not, it doesn't have to be, but it'd be smart to go full time when you have a whole year booked of like photography things. So in my head, I'm thinking of like April or May, um, which is, it's April. <laughs> um, but like you have like a whole year, let's say, you know, I have 15 weddings booked. It's going to bring me this much income. Um, and I could probably end up booking more sessions and stuff too, um, which is going to bring in more income. Like then I would say go full time. But if you're like, oh, this upcoming year, I don't have as many weddings as I want, but I really want to go full time. The bookings aren't showing you're ready to go full time yet. So I would say lay low. Um, just keep your eye on the bookings. You will probably be able to get more bookings though. Like when you do quit, which is what's really tricky. But personally, I did not go full time until I knew like, okay, I am crazy booked with weddings. Like I need to quit. That's kind of like when I knew I was ready. So if you want someone to push you, I'll give you a little push for sure. <laughs> Here's my push, my verbal push. Okay. We have one last submission. Um, this person says, what is the best way to go about including other small businesses in your photo packages? Example, my husband owns a barber shop and I would love to offer a free pre-wedding men's haircut slash beard trim to all of my wedding clients. My husband is on board with this idea too. Do I add this into my wedding package as a fun bonus, a unique way to set my business apart plus publicize my husband's business or just quietly put a coupon for it with my client's gifts? 
Um, I definitely don't think you should be quiet about that. I think that's like a super fun connection. Maybe there are other businesses too that you can connect with. Um, my thought is to do, um, kind of like add-ons. So the thing with barbers is it's kind of hard because I feel like people are really specific about barbers. Um, but my thought is to do like, so you have three packages, let's say, um, package one and package two, just kind of include your photo services, whatever. Then you have package three. That's like a big all-inclusive package. And that includes like the men's haircut. Maybe it also includes like you have like a, I don't know, maybe you offer to pay for something else that like, I don't know, nails or something like that. And then you can have like a little add-on section at the bottom of your packages and have like, um, maybe you have a second shooter add-on, um, you have an engagement session add-on, you have the men's haircut add-on. Um, yeah. I, I also feel like you could literally have like a page in your pricing guide. That's like, Hey, here's my husband. He's a barber. Um, you know, I, with any wedding package booked, you get a free, um, I don't know, haircut or whatever. I don't necessarily think that people are going to necessarily think that, oh, this, I'm going to book with this person because of the haircut option. I don't think that's how it's going to work. I think it's just going to be like a nice, like, oh my gosh, like, I didn't even know that was a thing or like, oh my gosh, that's so nice. Like, thank you. I think it's going to be like one of those types of things. I don't think it's going to be like, oh, let me book with this person because they, they offer haircuts too, you know, like, I don't think it's going to be like that. Um, but I do like the idea and I definitely think try just different things. Like you can try both. You can try incorporating it into your packages. Also include like the coupons too, and your client gifts. Like I would try everything and just see what works. Honestly, that's a really fun idea though. So good for you guys. You could be like the dynamic duo with, (laughs) with everything. You could also like post about your husband's business on your social media too. So you could go like take pictures for him and like just bring it up on your social media too every once in a while. That's a fun idea. And like offer people discounts that way. Okay, guys, that is the end of the episode today. Thanks for coming to today's advice column. Um, yeah, this is this has been great. I am really glad that you guys feel comfortable sharing all of your needs and problems and things with me. Just thank you. I'm happy to give my advice and I've been trying to do this like every month or so with the podcast because I just think it's really helpful to hear what you guys are going through. And like, I just feel like that is something that's really valuable. So thanks for listening guys. Um, I hope you liked today's episode. If you would, I would love if you could rate and review the podcast. You can do that on Apple or Spotify, whatever. Uh, besides that, Have a great Monday, everyone, and thanks for listening. Exposure With all of the highlights and the shadows is my composure All the layers above, all the edits and tweaks, I know her I am so done, need more time developing in my red room It doesn't matter wherever I am on the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand I'm taking It doesn't matter wherever I am On the top of the mountain or down in quicksand Whatever the moment, wherever we stand I'm taking you, taking you, taking you Getting a little bit higher With different step I take I'm getting good
Never gonna stop, I'm getting good on shoes. 